think this is broken and it won't end till someone says something that they actually mean said I'm trying to be three halves of a good friend crying outside the venue at the name where I fell to at the bottom once again Middle of the Dial, the music podcast for the entertainment website Middle of the Row. I'm your host, Jonathan Rahul, and today we have on Amy and Daniel of the band Future Teens. Future Teens is a self-proclaimed bummer pop band hailing from Boston, Massachusetts. They have released two full lengths to date, 2017's Hard Feelings through Take This to Heart Records and 2019's Breakup Season through Triple Crown Records. They also have their next release, the EP Deliberately Alive, coming out on March 12th through Take This to Heart Records. Amy, Daniel, thanks so much for taking the time to talk with me. Yeah, thanks for having us. What's up? (laughs) (laughs) So I want to get to the designation Bummer Pop in a second, but um, in doing a little bit of research, I heard you... Um, you all had an interesting origin. So I wonder if you guys could talk about that and just the beginnings of the band for the audience and the listeners just so they can find out a little bit more about y'all. You want, you want to take it, Amy, or should I? <laughs> I, I, can, I can do it. Yeah, I like, I like your rundown. Cool. Um, so Future Teens started as, uh, as a goof. It was Daniel and uh, our friend Gabe Goodman, who is a an awesome songwriter and, and musician in his own right, um, started this band as a bit about uh, imagining it's like a band that existed in high school um, reuniting later on in life, uh, but still playing songs about high school. Um, and the first the first release came out exclusively on floppy disk. Uh, which is to say extremely low quality um, and almost unplayable or unlistenable. Um, and it was like intended not really to be a band that played shows. Um, Daniel was in a band that was playing and touring a lot at the time. Um, so it just, it was like a, a fun thing. And then when they wanted to start playing more shows, um, Things changed up a little bit. Gabe went back to school, um, and Daniel and I met, and he was like, hey, I like your music. It's like, dang, I like your music too. And he said, do you want to be in this band with me? And I said, cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then we, uh, we started playing a bunch of shows. Daniel showed me the songs from our now-disappeared EP um, and some of the stuff that was getting ready for Hard Feelings, and um, we started fleshing everything out with... Um, the other former former teens, um, Dylan and Nick, and uh, and and the rest is history. Awesome. Um, I and I read earlier, also, when y'all started playing first, there seemed to be not maybe I, don't, I shouldn't say a disagreement, but Amy, it seemed like you maybe had some reservations, or the quote I read was like. 
there's not enough soloing or something like that. So I was, wondering, <laughs> I was wondering what was so what mixture of influences were you guys bringing to the table and how did you all come to like a consistency or a consistent sound that you said, okay, this is what future teens sounds like. Um, well, just to address the first part, when Amy shared their their now disappeared solo record, um, no. is it disappeared? Yeah, I think it is. Oh, it's very disappeared. <laughs> um, their disappeared solo record. Uh, I heard like the first song had this like super awesome riff, and I was like, oh my god, we desperately need. Like I played bass at the time. And we really needed someone who could play lead guitar really well. And so I, if there was a lack of soloing, it wasn't for lack of want. Uh, you know, I love, <laughs> like, sometimes whenever we're, we're working on, like, on when we're working on guest room, like the solo, it's, like, definitely both of us sitting there and Amy's, like, just messing around. And then I'll be like, wait, do that part again. And then they'll do that. And then, like, we'll just, like, slowly build it together. So we love... We like, we love that. Like that's, we both love that. Uh, I'd say it's a shared love. Um, and in terms of our songwriting, it just kind of, it just kind of worked out really well that we both had similar w methods of songwriting and, uh, and just kind of learned along the way how um, compatible we were uh, in our desire to collaborate and, um, ideas for songs and you know we both come at it from a different place sometimes but that just often makes it makes the collaboration better in the end nice awesome so what did how did the designation or i should i suppose the term bummer pop come to be when did y'all come up with that term was that uh so when hard feelings came out, I think it, I think it was Substream, right, Daniel? Yeah, I think it was. Was um, it Logan at Substream or Joel? Joel, I can't. Well, someone we should find out, but someone at we Substream. Sh we should check. Someone at Substream uh, actually came up with the phrase and did a did a review of of uh, hard feelings <coughs> that that dubbed it Boston Bummer Pop, and we we're like, huh, that's. That's accurate, and That's we really have accurate. been really struggling to come up with a way to describe uh, this band. Whenever people asked us, we were like, uh, I don't know, um, tongue-in-cheek, in indie rock, e emo-adjacent. It's like, that, Amy, that's too many words. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're really thankful that someone gave us that out that is still, um, it's like simultaneously very descriptive and not descriptive at all. Yeah. That being said, when like a plumber comes to my house and sees my guitars and asks what kind of music I play, I just say rock. I, I don't say bummer. <laughs> I'm not like not that. I'm not that specific. Rock music. Rock music. Oh, covers or originals? That's always the second question. <laughs> wow. Well, okay. So that also leads into another thing I wanted to talk about with y'all, because it seems like there you have an affinity for covers. So you've been releasing several covers throughout um, kind of the COVID era. You've got a cover on your new EP, which is a share cover, which I'm so excited for. Hmm. Um, I should say, I should mention, 
Connor of Foxing and Smidley does an incredible believe cover even by himself. So you Oh wow. Y- you all have a there's a high threshold for this believe cover, oh, cover coming out. I don't think I knew the bar was any higher than Cher herself. <laughs> yeah. So now I'm nervous. Fair enough. I mean Well, so where when you when you all choose covers, what are you looking for kind of that more tongue in cheek aspect or is there also an aspect of well we genuinely love these songs and would love to reinterpret them too and what's that process like for y'all? I think it the it goes both ways like sometimes we just get to pick a cover or a song that we really love that we all really love and uh and kind of try to rearrange it and give it a different life but sometimes we're like we will we love being on cover compilations like you know benefit cover compilations and sometimes the hits are already taken so we take like a deep cut from a record like the second to last is it i think second to last song on like third eye blinds first record which i was not that familiar with but that was all i was left i was like all right let's give it a try and then it ends up like now it's one of my favorite third eye blind songs so it goes both ways like we, you know, for Share it was Share uh, and All Star came about because for Halloween now in, t- was it 2018? Must have been, right? Oh, yeah, 2018. I, I don't know. I think it was 2018. Uh, I think it had, yeah, it had to yeah. be. Uh, we, we chose as our cover set uh, Kids Bop Volume 1, which features both of those songs as well as many other hits. Uh, and those those were just two of the ones that, well, All Star especially, we, we started playing that out at just like non-Halloween shows because it was so fun <laughs> to play. And then when it came to the EP, we were like, all right, what songs do we do we know from that cover set that could work on this on this EP? So that cover set uh, really like came in clutch for more than just covers. I feel like we've like used ripped off some of our own arrangements for oh yeah other songs like we. <laughs> Uh, we did this arrangement of uh, One Week by Bare Naked Ladies that honestly wasn't that. It was just like a more rocking version of what was already there. Um, and we took the the chorus rhythm for heavy petting. And uh, I've like definitely ripped off some of my guitar parts from that set for future yeah. teen songs. It's, uh, it was an informative... It, yeah, it's coming clutch. I feel like that that set weirdly um, really set us up for success in doing other covers because it was uh, like a ton of very very different songs, um, and we had to pick and choose through like which of these songs stand alone, like just music and lyrics in such a way that we can make it our own. Um, and there there were some that like really needed the original arrangements to work. Um, and I think that has set us up to learn how to like pick a song we love and figure out if we love it because we can dance to it or we love it because it's something that we could actually, um, like give a new life to. Mm -hmm. Nice. Well, and I mean the source material in terms of that kids bop album, the era of music then was in my opinion, the golden era of music, right? So it was all bangers front to back. It was so hard to choose only like eight songs or whatever. And it like was. several of them are Max Martin songs. So many of yeah. them are Max Martin written and produced songs. 
So we had to be like, oh no, how do we do this Backstreet Boys song different from the Britney Spears <laughs> song? Because technically, they're the same song. <laughs> awesome. Well, I wanna, I wanna kind of flash back a little bit earlier, I guess last year, because I think the last scheduled tour y'all were gonna go on was gonna be with dollar signs and Spanish love songs. Uh, two bands we featured on our website who are incredible. Love both of those bands. Um, and then it was rescheduled, thinking that, all right, by the summer 2020, COVID will have died down. And then it was finally canceled. First of all, what was, how did you guys receive that no- news? And then how did you plan and go forward into this next era in terms of keeping busy and figuring out, all right, what's our life as a band going to look like? It was heartbreaking, but I think by the time, by the time it was rescheduled the first time, we already kind of knew this probably won't happen. Um, I remember being in the van on the way the weekend that like the seriousness of COVID really set in across the country. We were on our way out for a weekender with pronoun and proper, and we were in the van like, I don't know. I like, I don't know, dude. I, I'm getting so much conflicting information. Like, is this, are these shows even going to happen? And then they didn't. Um, and that we wanted to be hopeful. We really wanted, uh, you know, the way everyone did, the way everyone wanted things to not be what they were, but you know, come April, we had to kind of accept it. Yeah. And I think we're still figuring out what what it means to be a band uh, without touring. Um, you know, we're all we're all trying to find ways to keep ourselves busy and sane, but also, you know, I think re- honestly releasing these couple songs and putting out this EP has been very heartening for all of us to feel like, okay, people still are interested that we exist. <laughs> you know, it's easy to feel like um, we're not, like, Honestly, if you go about your day-to-day life and don't play a show and don't release any music, it's like, am I in a band still? Isn't that what it means to be in a band is do those things that I'm not doing? So it's been a a nice reminder that there's people out there who are still uh, interested. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's figuring it. We're, we're just still figuring it out and, and trying to, I don't know. uh, Yeah. Was the, was the EP planned for, hey, we should probably release music at this point in the future, but we'll get there after touring. Or did COVID hitting kind of expedite that process and that timeline? I think if anything, it pushed it back. Um, yeah. we, we were always going to have an EP with, to, with Take This to Heart. Um, but COVID really changed the timeline on it. Um, we weren't able to practice as a band in person as much as we normally would have so the process was really condensed into a bunch of facetime calls with me and daniel and then sending voice notes of what we did in those facetimes to colby and maya and then we had one single eight hour day of practice socially distanced in a barn um and all of that um and then we had to do all of the recording a lot differently than we normally would have with um, a day for drums where only Daniel and Colby were there. And then Maya and I recorded everything like we rigged, um, rigged all the cables up so that 
one of us each day would like come in and sit in Daniel's garage while he sat in his basement um, to track everything else. It was, it was a wild ride um, and a lot of fun that like the actual recording was not that different than normal with the exception of like talking to each other from 45 feet away. Um, But it definitely, it changed the process to the point that we, we turned in the CP a good bit later than we uh, had hoped to before COVID. Daniel, what was that like on your end, handling some of those logistics and producing and recording? Um, Um, Yeah, I think it's, everyone kind of has their different comfort level, but I think we all, none of us live together. We all live with various other people who have, potential health risks or, or whatever, you know? And so we, um, we've all agreed from the beginning that like, we're not interested in putting in anyone else, putting anyone else at risk. And so it was always coming from a place of like, how can we do this as safely as possible? And, you know, it was luckily we were recording in the summer, so it was warm out. So we didn't, with someone could be outdoors and we had the door open and we were even wearing masks when we were close to each other. And, um, it was it definitely added some some stressors or and some some made it a little i'd say a little less like just like hanging out in my room and working on stuff and like a little less fun in that way but i'm still really proud of how it came out and uh yeah i think i I wish I, I wish and I can't wait to to just all be in the same room playing and recording. Like that's the plan for the next the next thing is to just actually be in the same physical room hearing the other instruments. <laughs> um which is something I'll never take for granted again. Yeah. Uh so I look forward to that. But I, I think we, we we worked with what we what we could do safely. So mm-hmm. lyrically on this album did did that aspect of COVID being apart from each other and just the COVID stuff in general, did that affect the themes that y'all brought out through the lyrics and through the songs? Or was a lot of that material just stuff you had like in the bank that you were just now bringing to the forefront now? Yeah, we uh, I'll, most of the lyrics were finished before COVID hit, I think. I think we finished up some of them. Most of the concepts were written before COVID. But uh, we fin yeah we finished them after the pandemic started, so they're not really representative of how we've been feeling during. If they are representative of how we've been feeling during the pandemic, then it's a coincidence, I guess. <laughs> in some ways, I th- this isn't our COVID album. I keep saying like we've got one now because we've been writing a lot, but uh, this isn't it. This is like. M- the songs I sang on are more about touring, honestly, and how it felt to be on tour a lot, and then how it was to be on tour with uh, in in my previous life in uh, in my old bands. But um, yeah, I, I'm wondering how with this, do you see also any progression from the lyrical context? or the themes of the previous albums. Specifically, I I read through the lyrics of Deliberately Alive, and there's there's still this 
a trademark sort of vulnerability um, and also tongue-in-cheekness. But there's well, one of the specific lines that I love is um, – sorry. Not sure which one I fear worse, going young or getting old. Guess I'll take whatever comes first. It's not like I had a say in being born. At least I'm not convinced I deserve either one anymore. There's a there's a little bit of hope, but then also maybe tension and still some sort of like distraughtness or something going on. I wonder if you guys could expand on that specific lyric and that song and sort of how does that fit in with the theme of the EP? Yeah, I think um, thematically this EP is um, very rooted in uh, self-awareness and reckoning with uh, stuff we need to learn and stuff we need to unlearn um, in ways we hope to like figure out how to move forward, whether that's within ourselves and our own health or within um, relationships that are important to us. Um, and for Guest Room in particular, that song is about... Um, the days when staying here and staying alive is a harder choice to make than the alternative. Um, the end of that song, I, uh, <laughs> my, this sounds absurd, but my, my greatest fear is getting old. Um, the thing I am most terrified of is, uh, being old and unable to care for myself, um, and losing the ability to do stuff that I love, um, losing the ability to like, do the things that have that are on my list of reasons to stay here um but also i've spent a lot of my life like struggling with that with that question of like do i want to do this today um and like there there was a time i didn't think i was going to live live to 25 so um this song in this year for me has been a lot about um making the hard the harder choice um if not for me then for the people i love mm. and um feeling thankful that um i don't feel i don't feel entitled to a long life but i also don't think that i deserve to not be here like i don't i don't i don't think that i like this song was was born from a place of like I was born a piece of shit. I'm going to be a piece of shit forever, and I'm going to die a piece of shit. And uh, that line comes from a place of like I'm going to try really hard not to believe that about myself anymore. That's, I mean, and that's a part of y'all's music that we we see that hopefulness though too, and that that vulnerability and honesty is honestly, if I can just gush a little bit, like. <laughs> really, really, like really not just profound but like really intimate and really personal and really um inspirational and just uplifting which i think is why people have um just been attracted to y'all's music so quickly um and so and makes me excited for this new release because it's awesome i was i was wondering if you can talk a little bit about yeah just the just the recording or like the process of writing these two specific songs, uh, the most recent ones that have been released so far from uh, De Deliberately Alive. Um, yeah, so do you, I guess, 
Do you mean like what was the process like or what is our process when writing lyrics or where do they come from? Lyrics, melodies, both. Are you taking inspiration from influences or things you've heard recently or is there just a lick you came up with where you're just like, oh, that would sound really good? Or are you being intentional about, well, how can we sound a little bit different or maybe push push the sound a little bit more? So just, I, I realize that's a really broad and kind of common. No, no, that's but. great. That's great. So to just your last thing you said, I think uh, we definitely, with this EP, wanted to push our sound a bit. Uh, we wanted to, we've been playing live so much that, uh, I think we wanted the EP to feel some of that rawness that we play with live. Um, breakup season was like, we were at least, I think we all were very obsessive over it and wanted it to be like just right, which again, I'm still, I'm proud of that. But I think getting that out of my system and being like, let's just record some like wacky guitar tones and like, let's be a little more free with like maybe this drum fill isn't as tasteful, but like we love it. So who cares? You know, like stuff like that. I think we leaned into that a lot more. Um, and I think you have that freedom with an EP too, uh, where it's like not this, I still believe in the idea of a, a concept album where it's like, this is a complete work of art. So I think an EP you get to like mess around a little more and it's like all five songs on this EP are very different. Uh, and that's kind of the fun of it is like every song is really we tried to either push in a lyrical way or uh, maybe a, the way we told the story like there's one of the songs that amy sings that'll come out when the ep comes out that's like a new way of us telling stories telling a story through lyrics um, that like flashes forward through time in this really f fun way um so yeah that's that's to that point um and in terms, I think even further to that point, when I was writing or starting to write the melody and lyrics for Play Cool, I th it was either right before or right after our tour with Oso Oso and the Sidekicks. And I was like, these are two, literally two of my favorite bands um, that we got to tour with. And they're both so good at songwriting. And something about their songs is just, like you hear like an Oso song and you're like, how does he do that? <laughs> like, how does he, that chorus is so simple, but it sounds huge. Like, what's he doing? And so I literally would like study, uh, I think it was after the tour, I would like study like, why is like a morning song so effective? Or why is this uh, sidekick song so powerful in this one moment? Um, and I tried to in incorporate some of those ideas into, into the songs I was writing. And I, I think we were both doing that. Um, and actually all of us were influenced. I know Colby, uh, with drum sounds was like the, the snare on this Oso record is so simple, but it's so effective. Like, let's get that kind of snare sound. So I think a lot of it was taking from, from bands we, we got to tour with really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we definitely didn't. Um, I don't know. I will forever make, uh, any given chord more complicated than it has to be. <laughs> Um, because that's the kind of person I am, but, uh, we didn't do as much like, uh, I don't know. You have to, but you have to put a weird chord there. Like where, I don't know, try a flat six. Um, instead of that, it was more about like, how can we make 
this moment like still be simple but really shine like on its own how can we it it was it was less about um this has to be weird to be good and more about um like letting this new thing we're trying stand on its own whether that was through like rhythm or melody or just like creating a big moment with the arrangement i think we gave ourselves freedom to like explore big moments in different ways than we have before Mm -hmm. that's awesome to hear and again just from the few um samples that the public has gotten through play cool and guest room so excited so stoked for it um all right, so now I want to – well, I suppose I should ask, what is on the docket up until March 12th then? What do you all have planned to promote the EP more? And how has that looked different through COVID times? How have you adapted sort of the promotional cycle? Uh, I feel like we're just kind of messing around more. <laughs> like, we don't have <laughs> – we don't have that much – Like, like, we did this bit – where like the mug on the cover of the single art for guest room is Amy's favorite mug. And so we came up with this bit like, let's just have everyone share their favorite mug. And there was no thought, like we planned that like 10 minutes before we started it. Like there was no, uh, no big like PR schedule, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. which has like been the- awesome. It's fun to just kind of fly by the seat of our pants and be like, hey, I have I have this idea um, and not have to. I feel like we don't have to have the same kind of um, forward thinking because we're not also promoting a tour. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're not doing a million other things. Um, we get to just like have a good time and be really proud of something and hope people like it, but mostly have a nice time. Yeah. I, th- I my my friend who's who's like a manager for a bunch of bigger artists was like, listen, Daniel, there's no rules right now. You just do whatever you want. And I'm like, I really took that to heart. I'm like, uh, okay, like, yeah, screw it. <laughs> let's just mess around. Let's just yeah. have fun with it. I, I literally made a, um, okay, the greatest mistake of um, the last year for me has been making this band a TikTok. Um, <laughs> but... It's it's horrible. It's a cesspool. I hate it. I'm getting harassed so much. But oh, no. um, yeah, I I had one like do really well, and it's been a bad time. However, I followed it up with just like a clip of one of our songs over me solving a Rubik's cube, and like, why did that work? <laughs> I don't understand. I'm like I'm too old for this algorithm. But like, I get to just frick around, and then a stranger is like, oh cool i was here for the cube but i also like your band <laughs> got him <laughs> got him <laughs> yeah no i uh a lot of resonating there especially when tiktok to a certain degree just seems like a more specific vine 2.0 like you really have to like hone in on the trends of tiktok whether it's obscure weird comedy tiktok or dance tiktok and i think those are the only two like categories right (laughs) yeah yeah that was my mistake was honing in on trend tiktok and making one on accident 
there's a there's a great clip of Nathan Fielder um, from Nathan for You yeah. talking about TikTok, and he describes it in one line. I think he says, uh, "TikTok, a, a a children's dancing app for children and adults." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's incredible. All right. Well, I want to move into kind of our more towards the last part of this interview. Some more kind of. I don't want to say probing questions, but just interesting questions, so to speak, uh, and s- things that I've tried asking people in in previous episodes and that kind of thing. But we, I want to start with um, a more COVID. I haven't come up. I'll insert this later in post. He didn't. Um, a COVID section. And I want to ask, because you were talking about touring a second ago, Amy, for both of you, when touring comes back, what is your guest bill, your guest lineup that you all could be on for your, your first tour back? Oh, boy. Honestly, the the weekender we lost and the full U.S. that we lost are, like, truly two of my dream tours. If if we could do anything with pronoun and proper or anything with dollar signs and Spanish love songs, um, I, I could I could die happy. Yeah, Spanish love songs is my uh, grocery shopping music. That last record, uh, and it makes me like, it makes grocery shopping feel like a like an emotional journey. <laughs> it's 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 honestly so great. It's like my, I, I've I played football in middle school and I was very bad at it. But I've heard that they people who play football like listen to like pump up music. And sometimes I think like, what would be my pump up music? And I'm like, I think I found my pump up record. A hundred percent. I I had to take a break from it because I was like, am I being like too artificially inspired on a regular basis? <laughs> like I I'm not sure if this is good right now. And oh man, but such a good. It was it was not to promote my own stuff, but check out my end of the year list from last year. It's on the end of the year list. Yeah. Um, such a great record. And dollar signs. I mean, who those. Those guys are so much fun. I interviewed Eric a while ago, too. Oh, man. And I got to see him in, like, a sweaty 10-person basement show in St. Louis. And it was great. That's great. Um, Awesome. Okay. What is a normal, regular, non-pandemic life activity that you all miss the most right now for both of you? Band practice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I... I agree with Amy and I want to tack on one other thing, which was like someone, someone's tweet, which is like, I miss waking up in the morning to like this, the murmuring of like other people's voices who are already awake, like making coffee in the other room. And I read that and I was like, wow, I feel emotional reading this tweet. Like that sounds so nice. Like whether it's like we're on tour and the band woke up before me or like my, in my, staying at my parents' house and they're like, they're awake in the other room. I was like, I can't, I can't wait for like that little kind of moment back. Nice. Just being, being with people I don't live with. Awesome. Yeah. Um, what has been, all right, this will be our last for whatever I'm going to call this section. Um, what has been your COVID go-to comfort thing? What has been the thing that whenever you're in a funk, um, the thing that has provided you the most comfort during COVID? Uh, okay, I have a really, I've gotten, 
I've got picked up some hobbies over COVID because <laughs> I've had so much free time and one that I could never, that I never had time for or could afford before is um, repairing and selling pinball machines. <laughs> so, I, so I have like three in my basement right now that I've been working on. Uh, I just sold one the other day, but what I do is after my girlfriend goes to sleep, uh, I come down and I put on a horror audiobook, and I have one single beer and I work on my pinball machines. <laughs> this is the most old, old man Daniel. <laughs> I know. I'm like literally, I've aged like 40 years <laughs> in the past year. I feel like there's so, so many specifics to this ritual too that need to be expounded on <laughs> um first why why horror audiobooks well i'm like a, a horror fiend like i that's my comfort food is okay. horror movies and horror audiobooks and less podcasts than i used to but um i i don't have the attention span to read because I don't know, like I'm like, oh, but I could be doing something productive when I'm reading because mm. I sometimes my brain's like reading isn't productive, which is not true. But when I'm being productive and listening to an audiobook, like reading a book, that's like the ultimate combination for my uh, my brain that's obsessed with productivity. And I don't know, maybe that's like late stage capitalism brain, whatever you want to call it. But um, yeah, so that's that's been my that's like my truest answer too. Like I could have been like writing lyrics, but like, no, like that's my true answer. Awesome. Um, you would probably get along with, uh, the main podcast we host is usually just like a TV or movie entertainment episode. And one of our co-hosts, Ben is our horror guy. So you would totally get, Oh wow. Yeah. Um, Check it out. Uh, La so hold on the other aspect one beer like specifically <laughs> one beer <laughs> yeah i think one beer is i i think i'm just old if i have more than one beer i just feel really bad after i i'm i'm not like much of a i'm not much of a drinker um but one beer to to sip on makes me feel like i'm i'm just like an old man in his garage. I don't know. It's like a vibe. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a vibe. We'll end it there. That's great. Amy, what has it been for you? Uh, riding my bike has been the biggest thing. Uh, when the weather's nice, at least this winter has not been a great time to um, obsessively ride my bike objectively too much. Uh, but that's, that's how I spent all day, every day. Uh, the whole like spring, summer, and fall, and right now it's hugging my roommate's dog, and kissing your roommate's dog. Also kissing my roommate's <laughs> dog. It's mo honestly, it's mostly my roommate's dog kissing me. She is unstoppable. It's my new skincare routine. <laughs> okay, so sorry. This is this is gonna divert things a little bit. One, what is their name? Two, what breed are they? Three. Can we see them at some point? <laughs> Is there a possible for a guest? He did. Kind of yes, appearance? I can run down and get her up here. She would love it. Um, her name is Rosie. She's a pit mix, um, and she's she's like simultaneously a bowling ball and a pudding cup. Oh! <laughs> Every morning I come down and make make a coffee and a, and a yogurt cup, which is um, also our our favorite tour breakfast. It's like it like makes me feel. Uh, feel a tiny bit of normal when I make my my morning yog um and then I say Rosie morning routine 
and she jumps into my lap. Oh. It's the best. <laughs> All right, we we might need a Rosie appearance real quick. This dog yeah. sounds too incredible. I'll text my roommate to bring her up. Awesome. All right, so that brings us to the end of the COVID section. I'll again, I'll put this in post. Um, he didn't. The <laughs> next. The next section, um, which will probably be our last section before I let you guys go, um, will be our taste maker section. So for the both of you, um, I was wondering if you could list what is your current obsession? And this could be music-wise or it could be literature TV, movies, film, podcasts, it could be whatever. What is your current... Obs- it could be obscure TikToks. <laughs> what is... <laughs> what's your current obsession? And Dan, mm. you can't say repairing pinball machines. <laughs> I was going to say, like, besides what I what I already listed, uh, and both of what I've already listed, I'll just say some... some records that have come out that i've been enjoying because i've been i feel like on tour we would definitely consume a lot of music uh because we were in the in the van so much but there was less like active listening uh most of the time it was like we were talking and there was music in the background or, or that sort of thing um so i've been running i got a treadmill from an estate sale so i if i'm not listening to a horror audiobook on my treadmill if i need it to pump up then i i've been listening to music like new records that come out so like the new wild pink record i've been really into those are friends of ours we played with them a couple times uh the new another michael record is extremely good yeah. it's just like so beautiful i haven't honestly besides it's funny I was having this conversation with someone else besides... Oh, here comes the dog. Yeah, Daniel, I'm sorry. We're going to have to interrupt you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Here she is. She's in her sweater. She looks oh. smaller than in... She's so small. Yeah. She's she's not a large dog. Oh. She's do, a meatball. Do I have y'all's permission to take a screen cap of this real quick? Please, go for it. I Come here, or, Rosie. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Maybe she'll stay here. Maybe oh. you could interview her. <laughs> there she is. Rosie, what has life for a dog been like? <laughs> <you're> <laughs> probably really sick, honestly. So she's much attention. She gets a ton of attention. Um, she screams at the mail carrier. All her um, favorite hobbies. <laughs> Yeah, Attention. We, we made we made her a dog friend who comes over sometimes. She's just she's living the life. Everywhere we go, um, there's like a a bookstore that we take her to sometimes that our friend runs, and Rosie just thinks it's for her. She thinks it's the cheese stick store because the manager oh just like gives her cheese sticks. Aww. It's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> Daniel, I apologize. We interrupted you, but it was for a good reason. <laughs> but you were saying <laughs> Wild Pig, another Michael. Yeah, I've just been, uh, uh, besides um, besides Spanish love songs, I feel like I've been listening to a lot of like quieter music. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Like Something about, I think for this next record we're working on, I've been thinking even more about lyrics and uh, 
and like what makes a good lyric and what is an effective lyric and trying to trying to at once think less and more like not be hyper focused like I maybe was in the past um so yeah just been listening to a lot of bands with with lyrics where I'm like this is hitting in a specific way how do they do this nice Amy how about for you so current obsession um my like anxiety and um you know mental health in general has made like being able to focus on music really hard um so I don't have a ton in that realm I've been listening to the new pale waves a lot um if I can like bop around to it um I'm 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 all for it but unless I'm like riding my bike which I haven't done a lot lately um not listening as much I spent a lot of this summer obsessing over cheek face and Cataldo um Right now, my roommate and I have been uh, binge-watching terrible reality television. The, uh, the two kinds of, of media, uh, visual media, that I can take in are, like, spooky movies and thrillers or bad reality TV. <laughs> so we're, uh, we're halfway through America's Next Top Model right now, which is, it's, it does not hold up. Uh, <laughs> But we're having fun. We call Wait. it we call it family time. Nice. Wait, it doesn't hold up, but it's the current season. No, it's it got canceled a couple years ago. Oh, we're, okay. We're on like it. cycle ten <laughs> of twenty something. I like the idea of something not holding up, but it's like currently being made. <laughs> yeah, this isn't really holding. holding I mean, up. even the more I, I've seen like one recent season that's like, oh, this is this is still terrible. <laughs> Um, we also, we pick like a, um, a theme, a movie theme every month. So like October was Jill and Halloween where we just watched Jake Gyllenhaal movies, uh, mostly the spookier ones. Um, in December we did, uh, or no, November was give thanks for Tom Hanks. (laughs) December was, uh, 25 days of Kristen Stewart. We did not watch that much Kristen Stewart. Um, I don't remember what the last couple months were, but this month is March Ruffalo. <laughs> this coming month. Wow. I really, I really uh, hope 13 going on 30 is on that list. Oh, gotta be. <laughs> gotta be. At least twice. Yeah. Beyond that, I'm just, I'm like on eBay a lot looking for like bike parts and uh, <clears throat> other, and other gear. Nice. All right. Last question of this section. Um, for both of you, who is your crucial influence? So if you could, if you had to, if you were forced to narrow down someone, again, musician, general artist, performer, etc., that has really inspired um, you as an artist, who would that be that other people should know about? So this is tough. I feel like um, I should have an answer to this. Do you have one, Amy? Um, I, I mean, my gut answer is just each other. <laughs> uh, you should check but, out Amy Hoffman's music. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, I, uh, for me, it's John Allison Weiss. Um, mm. I have been listening to them for so long, and they've been like a. I think the one of the first times we listened to them in the van, Daniel and, and Colby were both like, oh, this like 
your songwriting makes more sense now. Um, <laughs> they've like influenced my songwriting a lot and also they're um, just like who they are as a person and how they have like visibly um, come into their self over the like, you know, decade or so I've, I've been aware of them has like made me feel more comfortable in who I am. Um, and we were lucky enough to have them do the um, cover art for breakup season and like get to know them a little bit. And that has been really dreamy. Oh, crazy. I didn't even realize that. That's amazing. They yeah, it was very cool. Um, my answer is anything David Bazan has done. So like mm. growing up, one of my first concerts I went to that was like a sort of holy shit moment was seeing Paige with a Lion. I think I was like 15. And I went to the concert alone. I was really scared. But then Paige with a Lion started playing and I was like, oh my gosh this is so good like this is what music's supposed to sound like uh and i actually told i got to meet him uh in 20 i guess it was 2018 when pedro line like reunited mm -hmm. air quotes and uh, i got to tell him like your music you've influenced my songwriting more than anyone else and he was like so cool about it like i don't know what you say to that like nice man sound good for you but he was so nice and uh yeah i'd say he's his his sense of melody mm -hmm. like is just so uh he takes his time with everything he sings like you're like leaning in to listen constantly and i try to like i definitely try to include that in my songwriting or some shred of it if i can uh where you're wondering what the next melody is you're wondering what the next lyric is so that's uh that's always always been mine so i haven't I haven't seen the documentary yet. Have you seen the documentary? Oh my yet? God. Yes. It's very powerful. Yeah. It's very, very good. I highly recommend it. Uh, for all those listening at home, it's a documentary documenting David Bazan's house show series that he, he's been putting on for a long time. Uh, and it's about like, it's about what touring really looks like. It's probably the most accurate display of touring that I've seen. It's like not romanticized at all. Uh, it's very good. Nice. Awesome. Well, that's the end of the tastemaker section. That's going to take us to the end of this episode. Daniel, Amy, first of all, thanks so much for being with us. Where can people follow both your group, but then also you folks individually um, on the interweb or just to find out more information about stuff regarding future teens? Well, Future Teens is on all the social medias, including now TikTok. <laughs> Please don't bully us on TikTok. TBD uh, if I'm going to keep it or not. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's like a, a short and fruitful run <laughs> on, on TikTok. Yeah. You had yeah. one, vi you had a viral yes. TikTok. That's, I think we're good, right? Yeah, I had one single <laughs> viral TikTok and, um, you know, Got got to have the honor of uh, calling a kid's college to let them know that one of their students is like aggressively and violently harassing trans people online. Oh so that was God. fun. Yeah. So, uh, so you know, we've done everything you need to do on TikTok, really. <laughs> it's it does put into perspective uh, what is the meanest social media, <laughs> you know, so like Twitter now seems like. Uh, people are pretty friendly to us on Twitter. <laughs> I never Instagram. thought I would be almost 30 and getting online bullied for the first time. <laughs> yeah. That's um, a learning experience, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. To, back to my therapist was like, don't forget, you can delete it. 
Um, yep. And I was like, yeah, you know what? You're right. Maybe I will. <laughs> um, hi, Rosie. Welcome back. Uh, anyway, fuck TikTok. Um, <laughs> you can find us everywhere at Future Teens USA. Um, Daniel has a really great uh, solo project uh, called Lake St. Daniel, and you can find him on all the places, um, social medias except TikTok, under that. <laughs> um, and mine is uh, the Amy Hoffman everywhere except also TikTok. <laughs> Were there comments on Vine? Could you be mean to someone on Vine? I don't think so, right? I don't know. Yeah. I don't I, remember. I have no idea. I was too old for that one, too. I can't remember. The only the only thing I I remember from Vine, and I also got into it kind of late um, in terms of like watching it, um, there's really only two things you need from Vine, and that's Bo Burnham and then the Will Sasso Lemon Vines. If you haven't looked up the Will Sasso Lemon Vines, they're a treat. Um, wow. Will, Will Sasso, also underrated performer who needs to be doing more. Um, but yeah. Anyways, fuck TikTok. That was, that was the theme for this episode. <laughs> really. Just fuck TikTok. Um, Daniel, Amy, thanks so much for talking with me. So excited for the new EP. Can't wait to hear it. Hell yeah. Thanks, thanks so much for, for having, having us. us. Good hanging out. That's going to do it for this episode of Middle of the Dial. I'm Jonathan Rahul, and you can find me on Twitter at AnotherRahulJ. You can also follow our website on Twitter at MiddleOfRow, or just check us out at www.MiddleOfRow.com. And remember, the best songs are in the middle of the dial.